Hi, I'm Laura Wilkinson, U.S. Olympic gold medalist in platform diving, and you are listening to the Pro Sports Podcasters. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace-Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We are something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. Welcome back to the Pro Sports Podcasters. I'm your host, Nee Wallace-Bruce, and I am joined by the other two members of this triumvirate, the trio, Corbett Rond and Justin Williams. Gentlemen, how are we? Fantastic, buddy. Living the dream. That's right. And I have the pleasure of announcing that we now have a new website. So if you haven't checked it out already, please take a chance and visit www.prosportspodcasters.com where you will find posts by these fine gentlemen and myself, as well as some bonus stuff that you can use to make your day a little bit better. So head on over to prosportspodcasters.com and enjoy the fun. But for today, we have a special guest. She was diving from the 10-meter platform at the Tokyo Olympics. She represented Canada and represented them well. It is the one and only Selena Toth. Selena, how's it going? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to have you on. Now, it's been a couple of months since the Olympic experience. Has it sunk in that you were you're in the Olympics or is it still a bit of a dream? I don't know. I mean, I guess in a way it's settled in, in a way it hasn't. It really doesn't feel like anything different. It's honestly kind of weird to not be like on training right now and just kind of working. I don't really, don't really know what to do with myself. Yeah. Do, do you feel like there's a, I guess, a bit of a void? Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess you could say that. I mean, I'm definitely enjoying not going to the pool every day. I've been diving for 12 years and I've never taken a vacation or a break, really. So that's been longer than a couple of weeks. So I'm enjoying it. But I think that's because I don't know like really where I'm going next. So it's like, yeah, I could go back. It's not really off the table yet. So, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, Selena. So I, I know you're from St. Thomas originally, and I know the area very well. I know London, that area. Uh, where do you make your base of operations now? So when I was 18, I moved over to Victoria and BC, and I've been here ever since. And is that specifically for diving purposes? Is there like a better program out there or trainers and such? Well, I feel like in the last decade, there's definitely been a huge switch in where the best programs are for diving in Canada. But at the time, it was out here or in Montreal. So for me, it was I had to make the choice of whether I wanted to stay in Canada, one, or go to the U.S. for on a scholarship. And so when I made the decision to stay, I had to choose between the two and Ultimately, like I didn't speak French, so that made one <laughs> decision relatively easy. And I also had gotten into UVic, and they were super excited to have me training and and going to school. So I chose UVic, and ended up being the best decision for me. And is there anyone out there on your team that's also an Olympian that you practice with? Uh, before I became an Olympian many years ago, there was um, an athlete who uh, his name was Riley McCormick. Yeah. Um, born and bred Victoria. Um, 
And he graduated a year before me, so he was gone. But then when he came to train for 2012, he came back and trained with me for a year or two. So I did train with him then. Oh, right on. So quick question, kind of in regards to diving. You originally were a gymnast, and then you made the transition over to diving. How was that transition for you? That was pretty easy. I was young and wasn't really afraid of much at the time. So basically the hardest transition was landing on your feet to landing on your head. So in gymnastics, yeah. I was landing on your feet. Yeah, you tend to lose points in gymnastics if you bounce your head off the floor. Yeah, and same, by, same thing goes for diving. If you land on your feet, that's not... Um, you're not really allowed to do that at, at the Olympic level. <laughs> a literal 180 from what you're used to. Yes. So when you moved up to, to 10 meter, I'm assuming you started not from 10 meter. I don't know. Maybe you're just a prodigy and you're like, you know what? Give me no, that no. 10. I'm good. <laughs> no, thank you. What was your first dive like at 10 meter? Because I have a story when I dove from 10 meter and it was probably not as great as yours. I mean, honestly, I, this is going to sound so bad, but I don't remember it. Uh. I remember like <laughs> being scared to jump, but the dive, I yeah, I don't remember. Well, I mean, that's probably a good story, like a good <laughs> a good reason or memory. I don't even know, but the first time I did it, I end up scorpioning myself. Oh no! And the uh, my coach, well, like not actual coach, but coach, I guess, was kind of like, you know what, Justin, go go take go hit the showers. You're, you're kind of done for now. And I was <laughs> like, thank you. I'll also take that bag of peas, please. <laughs> so yeah, it was. No good. I do remember like my first optional. So the dives that I would compete as a senior. So my list at the Olympics, like my first dive that I did the Olympics, I remember doing that for the first time. And it was absolutely terrifying. Ah. Well. And it's, it still is every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's probably a good thing. Always going with a little bit of fear, but a lot of confidence. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's interesting that you had that transition from gymnastics to diving because we had a, a guest on who represented the U.S. in diving and she also had that similar background from going from gymnastics to diving. I guess there's similarities in terms of the athleticism or the poise required, but is that a common trend in the diving world of athletes who have come from a gymnastics background? I think when you get to the elite level and you're talking to, to those athletes at that level, you do find that I'm starting to more often than not. When I started, no. But it's funny because, at least within Canada, we want the divers like young, starting really young, and so that we can teach them those basic things and have them become just like natural when they're older. But it definitely, like being able to learn how to flip and have that body awareness from gymnastics definitely helped me being an older athlete starting and diving. Nice. Okay. So now we have it. If you have a child and gymnastics isn't their thing, consider diving. Exactly. Yeah. I wanted to ask you how integrated trampoline has become as far as the diving goes. Do you utilize a trampoline a lot during training? Yes. Yeah. Uh, especially springboard divers, that's going to be one of their, their best friends for, for training outside of the pool. And it's primarily used to develop the rotation, correct? Um, you could really use it for a lot of things. Like uh, definitely being able to do flips on the trampoline will be a help, uh, especially if you're not quite there to doing them on the ground yet. But they, the trampoline and the buoyancy helps with 
hurdles as well on a springboard really helps you get that timing a little bit better to be able to transfer that onto the board. Okay. Okay. With your ability to dive literally as a professional, are you the, uh, the go-to person when it comes to parties? <laughs> no. <laughs> no? I would just imagine and be like, this is my friend. She dives to the Olympics, Team Canada. Uh, watch her do this flawless swan dive, ladies and gentlemen. Or like, <laughs> or like a three and a half can opener. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite, uh, usually you often get um, in those conversations, oh, can you do like a Axel 360 or, you know, what those like skating terms, that comes out a lot. But it's actually when one, one friend or one pe- person knows that I have like a smack video, that's like the first thing. Oh, you're a diver? Oh, see your, watch your smack. Like, look at this video. And I'm just like, okay. Uh. For some reason, I was imagining some like 360 no scope Call of Duty question, and it's like no wrong sport, but I appreciate you. <laughs> I don't know. I would just try to make like if I knew you were coming over for like a party, I'd be serving like Pike the fish and be like, and she can also do like a one Pike. I don't even know. Is there a Pike? Pike is a dive, right? I'm not making that up. Pike is it's a position. Yes. Position. There you go. Yeah, I'd be like, here's you Pike, and enjoy Pike. I don't know. That's yeah. kind of my thing. Uh, yeah, serving <laughs> serving Pike and pop. Pop, shove it. Okay, that's probably more skateboarding, but I, I get where you're go- going with that, Justin. I, I, get, I get it. I appreciate you, Nee. But like an actual, like legitimate question, I have that's not foolish. <laughs> Did you always know? <laughs> Sorry. Well, I'm just an idiot by far. What kind of got you into diving outside of like gymnastics in itself? Really, nothing. Like I did lots of sports growing up as a kid. And I did soccer and swimming and ballet and skating, all of it, a little bit of hockey because my parents are very athletic. So it was basically like I was having was a lot of drama in my gymnastics club and I was kind of getting to that position where I was like, okay, am I actually going to be any good at this or not? And then I got injured and with the drama of the coaches, I was like, I don't want to do this. So my parents have been like, well, you got to see it out. Like you can't just quit. So I saw out the rest of the year, still didn't love it. So they were like, okay, well, you got to pick something else because you're not just going to be like a mall kid. And we right. lived across the street from the mall and they didn't want me to go to school and then hang out there. So I had options and one of the coaches had actually been a diver at my gym club. They were like, why don't you try it? And so I had quit on a Monday, called the diving club on a Wednesday, tried out on Friday. Well, drove up to the pool and it was like that building that looks like a spaceship in London. And I was like, this is where we're going. My dad was like, yeah, every time we drove past it when I was a kid, I always wanted to go in there and I had no idea what it was. They finally get in there. It's so cool. I walk onto the pool deck and I actually saw some of my old teammates from gymnastics that I had no idea. Like they just disappeared. Yeah. So it was really cool to like, you know, be welcomed into a place where I kind of already knew people and and that was how it happened. I literally knew nothing about diving before that. And they were just like, why don't you try it? Oh, there you go. Since you played soccer. So you knew a little bit about diving, especially in the... Oh, come, on, <laughs> come, come on, come on, come on, Justin. Come on, bud. <laughs> <laughs> now, Selena, I, I've done a little bit of correlation, a little bit of bringing things together. And it's come to my attention that you actually are an educator at Lululemon. I am, yes. And... <laughs> And recently, <laughs> Lululemon has been... Yeah. They are now going to provide the uniform for both the Summer and Winter Olympics. So the question is, what did you do to make it happen? 
Oh, I wish I could say that I did something. It's one year too late, man. Oh. One year too late. <laughs> no, it's super exciting. It's really cool to, like, in Vic, we have a big hub of athletes. So I'm actually in the process of creating a little celebration for some of our athletes here in Vic. We want to, you know, celebrate the the new sponsor and, and bring together the athletes here. So I've had a little part in that, which is super exciting. But yeah, nothing with bringing the whole thing together. Fair enough. With the Beijing Winter Olympics coming up in 2022, only two or three short months away, are we going to see the Canadian team coming out in yoga pants? Probably. <laughs> the weather's conducive for it no but seriously can you tell our listeners about what your role as an educator involves at lululemon so basically an educator is just a fancy word for a sales person who's selling the pants on the floor but the key to it is like actually teaching people about our product and how it's going to help you which is super cool because there's way more that goes into a pair of black stretchy pants than you'd think. <laughs> and I honestly never thought I would actually like doing it. Um, and then COVID happened and we got like, qu- couldn't be there for a while. When we went back, I was like, wow, I missed this. It was crazy. Just getting people into clothes that they actually feel great in is, it's weirdly satisfying. There we go. Um, I mean, <laughs> everyone's shape has changed a little bit during the pandemic. So, no, it's important to have that, that helping hand. Yeah. Uh, for us. Have you seen the movie Chips? No. You haven't? What is this movie? That's got to be the best product placement for Lululemon I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> so, so so you haven't seen it's no. the Chips movie. It's a takeoff on the old, I guess, 70s show Chips with the two motorcycle cops. No, I've never heard of this. It's a comedy. Okay. You have to watch it now. You have to watch it just just so that when you're at work, you can just drop it in a conversation and have people watch it, and then they'll come back and buy Lululemon pants for sure. <laughs> okay. I'm adding it to my list of shows to watch right now. Okay. So getting back to it, was it always your dream to go to the Olympics? Yes. And uh, did you get there in the time frame you had set out for yourself or, or earlier or later? Later. I... Like my goal was London. When I first saw the Olympics on TV, it for like focusing on diving was in 2008. And I was actually invited to the trials for that competition. Um, weirdly enough, very, very young on three meter, which is not my, my board. So being there and seeing the athletes like qualify, I was like, whoa, cool. And then watching them on TV, I was like, yeah, I want to do that. So obviously 2012 was the goal and I wasn't quite there yet, but Rio was much more realistic. And when that didn't happen, it was very devastating. So yeah, definitely later. Now, because of the pushback, because it got delayed a year, did you kind of have to qualify then qualify again? No, um, we were one of, and usually are one of the last sports to name their team just because of how late our season goes. So we would have qualified, even like if the Olympics had gone on as scheduled, normally we still would have been kind of the same timeline, June, July. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So when it comes to diving, are you ritualistic? Like some people are, they're like, you know what? I got to put my shoes on this way, this way. And then well, obviously not shoes, but you know what I mean? Like, is there a ritual that you follow? No. I mean, I guess at a certain point in time, yes, but not like throughout the day or how I get prepared. 
my ritual happens like once I'm in the competition, it's started and every dive I kind of go up in the same way. So I'll start warming up a couple of people ahead of time and then I'll jump in the water at like diver five before me and then I'll go talk to my coach and then with each diver as they go, I'll go up a different level until it's my turn. Um, and as I'm in that process on each level, I'm going through this thing in my head of like my corrections, but I'm really visualizing me like walking up to the platform, the announcer saying my dive, like Selena Toth, Canada, 305C. And then I'd hear the people cheer in my head, the whistle go, and then I would practice my dive. And I would do that right on the last level, right before I, it, that actually happens. So I've like already done it in my head. And then I go and I kind of just do that over and over for each dive. Oh, wow. Okay. Hmm. Another like generic kind of question, I suppose you can say, what are your thoughts the second you're about to dive? Like what's your mental state all about? Well, I hope it's calm. <laughs> <Not usually. laughs> I don't know if you're freaking out. You'd be like, I'm the Olympics, that's for sure. Yeah, 100%. It's honestly like a deep breath and just those few key things that I need specifically to remember in that dive or that day, that moment that I need to hit to do the good dive. Right. And last part for me. For the qualification portion, I don't know how this works. Do you find out like then and there that you qualified or is it kind of like a weak buffer? Um, it's then and there. Okay. That being said, though, like you just never know. Mm -hmm. This year was challenging and you never know what's going to happen or what rules are going to be made or, or what. So in that moment when I qualified specifically, I didn't know that I had qualified there because there were so many rumors, so many different things going around of what I needed to do what this person needed to do, who was actually eligible to qualify. Like it was a mess. So I, after my last dive at trials, I actually thought that because I blew that dive, I was like, Oh my God, I'm not going. This is it. This is over. And probably about a good four or five minutes after our technical director had come up and gave me a hug and he was like, honestly, I'm glad you didn't do it here because this isn't where it counts. Like next month, that's where it matters. And I was like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, we're going to Tokyo. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, technical director, people. Yeah. All right. This episode is brought to you by the good folks at New Smile. Just use the code PROSPORTS to get $150 off any of their teeth aligning kits. So turn up the dial on your smile with New Smile. Now on to the show. You're listening to the ProSports Podcast. We are talking with Selena Toff, Olympic diver for Canada. Now, Selena, you're one of the 150 women. Tell us a little bit about that and the importance of the, the fund for getting athletes to the Olympic Games and other events. Can Fund is such an incredible organization run by Jane. She just, her story is amazing. And when I heard it and they wanted to include me and sponsor me, it was it's honestly like such a relief because living out here in the West Coast, it's ex expensive and training being an athlete in Canada you don't make that much money unless you have big sponsors and I'm going to school and only ha like can only work so much um, because I'm training and my parents can only help me so much as well so getting that fund from them and being one of there's I think there's more than 150 women now but it's so cool to be a part of a community that's funded by other women and just empowering women to support our athletes. And honestly, it's such an honor to 
to be included with these women who are so great at what we do. No doubt about it. And uh, one of our friends of the show, Kristin Bonowski, the bobsledder for Canada, she's now part of the, the team, if you will. So we yeah. look forward to seeing her doing her thing in Beijing. Yeah, I want to get back to what your schedule is like. Right now, you got some time to yourself. But so normally, what would be your next sort of big event? So once a season ends in the summer, we basically we come back and we're training. Depending on when they have nationals, that's usually the first big event of the year. Okay. And it could be mid-December. It could be January or February, depending on what year in the cycle it is, if it's a World Cup or a World Championship and what like the World Series events are being held and if you qualified or not. And then for me, my journey was usually going to Grand Prix. I wasn't quite up in the top eight at the World Cup or World. I never went to a World Championship, but I did all the World Cups. So the years I got to go to to the World Series events, they were kind of later in the year. So my first international event would usually be February at the Germany Grand Prix. Okay. And what was it like, uh, the Commonwealth Games? How was that? Oh, well, that was fun. Another event that didn't quite go in my favor due to one dive, but I love the Gold Coast. I'd been there a couple of times before for Grand Prix and I'd done well there. And just being outside, diving outside is such a different environment. It's so cool. And everyone... So nice. It was. It was honestly like such a fun event. Now, something we've discussed with other divers actually is that in the off season, quite a few divers now are kind of earning a living doing the cruise ship circuit and that sort of thing. Is that something you've ever thought about? I was actually approached this year by someone on Face or on Instagram um, to do that, but honestly, I don't like fooling around. So I was like, I'm not sure I'm the one that you're looking for because I don't like, I don't like the high diving thing. I don't like landing on my feet anymore. Like the goofing around, I would always get hurt when I was told I had to have free time at the pool. So I don't think that's quite for me. Would love it. It looks incredible and they have so much fun, but yeah, not my thing. Yeah. At least not while you're competitive, right? So I used to uh, work for the Pan Am games back in 2015. Okay. I didn't get to cover diving, but uh, were you ever in attendance for that? No. no. I wish I had have been back in Ontario, but um, I don't remember why I, because we could have brought three, but they, I don't remember. I just know that I was over here mm -hmm. watching from afar. Watching from afar. It's quite sad. Oh, well, it's okay. You went to the Olympics. It's okay. You yeah. wound up it. <laughs> <laughs> Pan Am what? Pan Am who? But anyways. Um. <laughs> How does one qualify for the Pan Am Games in that regard? And is the Pan Am a feeder into the Olympics? All of those competitions and games are definitely levels that get you towards the Olympics. And at the time, I don't know if it was just because it was hosted in Canada that we got three people or if the Pan Am Games usually sends three people per event. Otherwise, it would just be two. And, and at the time, there was four of us competing for those spots. So it would have been qualifying at most likely the national event that year and being in the top two with two of the highest scores and they would send you. I was unfortunately lucky to be in an, a, a group of athletes who we had such depth, like you had Megan and Rosie and Kaylee eventually and myself and Carol Ann. And there's just so many that I could name that our event had strong athletes. So it was always tough competition. Okay. 
All right, sounds good. Gold Coast was the last host of the Commonwealth Games, and we're now in a unique situation where the Commonwealth Games is going to be less than 12 months after the Summer Olympic Games. So are you looking ahead to Birmingham in 2022? That's a good question. I was if I was going to keep diving. I honestly, like, I'm just trying to get to December and January, like I'm going away to school. And so I have the option where I'm going to school to to continue training. So kind of using that as my test, like right now, I'm really enjoying my time and, and I don't feel satisfied. I'm not done. My performance in Tokyo is not how I want to end. So I'm definitely going to come back at some point and see where that takes me. Um, If that's Birmingham, that would be amazing because I've never been to the UK and have lots of friends over there. So I'd love to do another Commonwealth and go there. But at the moment, I'm just trying to make it to January. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, Selena, where can our fans actually find you or follow you on social media? Uh, my Instagram is selena.toth. Same with Facebook and Twitter, I believe. Uh, I'm usually on Instagram. I'm not really good at doing the whole variety of things. <laughs> I don't have that much time on my hands for that. And is there a uh, social media contact for 150 Women? Uh, yes, Can Fund 150 Women. Um, I believe they're, I don't have my phone on me at the moment, but I believe it's 150 Women, at 150 Women. Okay, perfect. And honestly, it's been awesome talking to you. There we go. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you for that. No Appreciate your time. Thanks for reaching out. That was, I'm sorry I couldn't do this earlier. I was really looking forward to it, so I'm glad that we still got to do it. Yeah. yeah. We'll have you back on in the future, so love that. Yeah, it's been a pleasure.